watching uh, tonight. We're so glad that you've joined us. And so welcome, welcome, welcome. So let's get started. We'll do some announcements real fast. First of all, I want to let everyone know that Train Bible College is currently enrolling. And so if God has put it on your heart to attend Bible school, well, praise the Lord, we have a Bible school for you. Hallelujah. So that being said, if you are interested in doing that, there is a table over there in the commons with the course descriptions, the calendar, all the different uh, information that you need as far as uh, what's being taught, when's being taught. If you have any questions, I can answer those for you. Also, if you've already made your decision, if you're watching online you know, and you say, you know what, I'm not there tonight, but I want to sign up, you can go to our church website, lake-church.com, and there's a Train Bible College tab there, so you can click on that and enroll Make all your payments, enter all your information. You'll be fully registered and all that online. And uh, just by the way, if you students are returning for second year, make sure you enroll, all right? So if you're planning on coming back, don't forget to do that. Uh, so class is coming up really quickly. First of all, we're going to have an orientation on Sunday evening, July 31st at, at uh, 7 p.m. in the Student Ministries building. And so if you are planning on attending classes at Train Bible College, come and get all the latest info on that. And if you're still on the fence, you're still on the edge and want to decide, you have some questions, well, we'd like you to come and attend. And if you have any questions, we can answer those. And praise God, you'll make that decision to sign up. Amen. So come and be a part of that. Classes start Monday, August 8th. It's just right around the corner, just in a few weeks. How many people are excited for Train Bible College? Praise the Lord. I know I'm excited for that. So classes start soon. Sign up. Amen. So next, Train Christian Academy. We have a school here, kindergarten through 12th grade. And it's not just vacation Bible school or Sunday school Bible study. It is a real-life school, reading, writing, arithmetic, all that stuff. Praise the Lord. And uh, we would like to invite you. We're currently enrolling the, all the information about what we teach how to enroll, how to pay, all that stuff. There's a table back in the commons. There's even a memory book back there if you want to look through and look at, through some of the pictures of uh, their school year this year. And uh, so if you have any questions concerning Train Christian Academy, then you can see Dana Craig. She oversees that. She's our principal. She's our headmaster. And so check with her, and she'll answer any questions you have about that. And by the way, a little plug here, they, all, they need help. If you want to uh, volunteer... They're specifically in need of an art teacher. So if you have time a couple of days a week, just an hour a piece, then uh, they really want to start putting kids' hands on some tactile art expression, you know, making uh, not just paintings, but like make some stuff, pottery and sculpture, things like that. So if you have a knack or a gifting in art and you want to pass that along, then uh, that's a specific need that they have there. And so uh, they're currently enrolling, taking payments, all of the above. So make sure that you make yourself available to that. Be prayerfully considering that. I know that the options as far as good education that is not going to fill your child's head full of garbage Amen. It's an answer to prayer. Hallelujah. So go and check that table out. All right? So, hallelujah, God on Film continues this Sunday. Praise the Lord. You guys enjoy God on Film last week? It continues this Sunday. We have two services. We're back to 9 and 11. Make sure that you invite your friends and come and be a part of God on Film. I know that you'll be blessed. Invite your friends. And we'll have a good time. And I promise nobody be distracted by crinkling bags and chewing on popcorn and all that stuff. Make yourself at home. Praise the Lord. All right? So, last but not least, after service tonight, the fireworks stand is packing up. So, Jeff Craig right here, he's raising his hand. 
Jeff Craig is a man to see. Uh, we need help pulling that tent down. It shouldn't take any time at all. It's always easier to break it down than it is to set it up. So if you guys could hang out for a few minutes and help uh, tear that tent down and pack it up and load it up in the trailer this evening, tonight, after service, that would be greatly appreciated. All right? So praise God. Who is ready to uh, worship the Lord in our giving? Yeah. Praise God. You know, um, Je uh, Joel and I were talking this evening just before service started and just how much of a joy it is to give to the Lord. Uh, I got about one amen on that, but that's all right. That's all right. Holy Spirit's working on everybody. But I'm telling you, it's been a process of just, it's gotten to where I enjoy it. As a matter of fact, my wife and I, we're believing for, to be able to put commas in our giving checks. I want to put commas in my check. Amen. And so God loves the cheerful, hilarious, prompt to do it giver. And praise God, uh, you're, you'll be overflowing. Amen. That's the how to live the abundant life. Amen. So God blesses those. He, he's generous to those that will be generous. Amen. So plug into that. Be a part of that. We encourage you to be a part of what we're doing here at Lake Church. And if you're watching online, you say, you know what? I'm in. I want to help be a partner with what they're doing there. Then uh, there's all different kinds of ways to give. If you're watching online, you can go to our website, lake-church.com. There's a giving tab. You can give that way. It's safely, securely, easy, and uh, go through there. If you're with us tonight, there is a text-to-give number right there, super easy. If you're with us, there is instruction step-by-step on how to do that in the seat back in front of you. And if you've already signed up, then you already, you already know. You already know. So uh, make sure and be a part of that. Also, we have a, an app that you can download to your phone and give that way. Church Center is the app that you can give through Google Play or the uh, iPhone. What is it? iStore. I don't have iPhone. It's the Apple Store. Of course it is. I was just testing you guys to make sure you knew. So make sure that you sign up and get Church Center app. When you get that app, look for Lake Church. And once you get signed up, then you can give through that app. And also, you'll be able to uh, be in the know on all the events and everything that's going on here at Lake Church through that app. Amen. Praise the Lord. So make sure that you uh, give that way. Also, if you're here with us and you'd like to give cash or check, we have the envelopes in the seat back in front of you. Or if you want to just drop some change in the bucket back there on your way out. Jerry Wagner will be back there with the bucket. And uh, just drop that in on your way out. Amen. So all those are, we want to make sure that it's easy, easy, easy to give. When God puts it on your heart to give, praise the Lord, we want to make it easy for you to do. Praise God. All right. So let's uh, take our offering in our hand. We'll pray over it together. And uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to sow seed in faith. Father, we thank you, Lord, that... You give seed to the sower, and out of obedience and faith, Lord, we sow that seed, and we, uh, we receive in faith. Just we, We're grateful for what you're doing with our material goods. Amen. So, Lord, we ask for that you bless the gift and the giver in Jesus' name. Amen. So, I would like to introduce to you this evening a great friend of the house. He was with us last year, a tremendous blessing. Um, if you would describe it, I guess his specialty would be teaching on the Holy Spirit, uh, the ministry and the person of the Holy Ghost, and phenomenal teacher, and I know that you'd be blessed by it. And so let's give a warm welcome for Reverend Marvin Yoder. Well, good evening. How's everybody doing? It is such a delight to be here with you tonight, and uh, 
And so, look so forward to being here, and uh, you all look so good. I know it's because we're, part of it's because you're good Christian people. <laughs> here. Bye. It won't stay. Anyway, I got one started over there. There you go. There you go. All right. Lower center gravity. <laughs> I know part of it is that you're, you're good Christian people and you look good, but boy, I'll tell you, air conditioning sure helps, doesn't it? Isn't that right? So much for the good old days when we didn't have air conditioning. I grew up without it. And uh, we just was visiting with my mom last weekend, and, and she didn't have the air, con and the air conditioner wasn't the on at the time. But believe me, we did get it working <laughs> while I was there. So anyway, so we're so glad to be here. And uh, how many of you were in any of the meetings that we did a year ago? Yeah, well, that's most of you. I praise the Lord. Well, for those of you that don't know me, um, have never heard of me, I'm uh, Marvin Yoder. My wife, Leah, is right here. And uh, my son-in-law, Gil, new son-in-law, Gil, is in the back. You'll see him walking around with a camera. He's actually helping us with some of the social media and website things and marketing things. And so... Um, his job description basically is to make me look good. All right. <laughs> so anyway, we're, we're so glad to, uh, to be here. Thank you, Pastor Greg, for the invitation to be here. And, and so, um, again, my, um, I, I'm privileged to be te still teaching at Rama, And uh, I used to be the dean, but I'm also happy that I've uh, been relieved of that. Uh, not that they took it away from me, but I don't have to do it anymore. And uh, that's a, Dean, the way you spell Dean is lots of work. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, so we're, uh, we're, we're glad to be a, still be a part of that, be in the classroom. We love watching students' eyes light up with the truth. And, uh, and then we have pr uh, privileges like this. It's almost like coming to the classroom, isn't it? And uh, so anyway, so turning your Bibles to John chapter 14, while you're doing that, uh, I'm going to just tell you a little bit about the assignment that God has given us. We were on pastoral staff at Rama, and we felt like we needed to make a transition in 2020 in the middle of the pandemic of all things. And uh, only God can make that work where the country's shutting down and travel's being restricted. And God says, I want you to go out and travel. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And everybody's like, we don't know what's going on. We're, we're af Lots of people said we're afraid, you know, and acted afraid and all of that. And, uh, and so, uh, but God has helped us. And just to encourage you, uh, actually, um, uh, when we launched out in 2020 to do what we're doing of taking a message of the Holy Spirit to the church, uh, it was something that God had spoken to us about 38 years before. And uh, so if God has spoken something to you and you haven't seen it come to pass yet, uh, just don't give up on that. 
just don't give up on that, all right? And uh, I know uh, sometimes we, we go through certain things and we feel like none of what we've heard from God uh, is coming to pass. But you know what God is doing? He's getting us ready for those things. Isn't that right? And so we're just delighted to be a, a part of, of, of what God is doing in this hour. And, and I do, as I'm going around traveling, I do sense a stirring in the body. And, uh, you know, uh, I saw a thing on Facebook today, uh, showed a little picture of a squirrel, his hands lifted up, it says, thank God it's getting darker, says, but you can see the nuts a lot easier. <laughs> oh no, or crazy, he said, you can see the nuts a lot easier. And, uh, but I'd say it this way, I'd say it this way, yes, the world's getting darker, but our light shines brighter in the darkness. Isn't that right? And uh, so, anyway, John chapter 14, verse 16, uh, probably the uh, verse that I, uh, my uh, assignment springs off of, and then we'll go from there. It says, Jesus said this, he said, I will pray the Father and he will uh, give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. And so he's talking about the Holy Spirit. He says here, I'm having to leave, but he said, I'm sending you, I'm praying and asking the Father to send you another helper. And what he meant by that is one like himself. And uh, so, uh, you know, we need to recognize the validity of the Holy Spirit. He is as much God as the Father and the Son. They are all equally God. And uh, you say, well, how can three be one God? Well, how can there be however many people there are in your family, but it's one family? You see, that's as close as I can get to it. And uh, so anyway, um, I'm just going to tell you that the Holy Spirit is like Jesus. And you read the gospel. Isn't it amazing what Jesus does? Isn't it amazing what Jesus did to the, for those people? He never turned anyone away. He had an answer for every situation, every problem. No, nothing was too hard. Nothing was impossible. Nothing, uh, uh, nothing happened that he had to shake his head and say, I don't know. Yeah, I've had to do that a number of times. Uh, but he never had to. And guess what? You'll never... You'll never ask the Holy Spirit about something or have a problem so big that the Holy Spirit is going to say, I don't know. Years ago, I was in Bible school and we had a, uh, a secret, uh, one of the instructor's secretaries. I won't tell you which one it was, uh, but secretary was, uh, she made the tests for him and they were tough. They were really tough. And uh, so I buckled down. I knew. So I, I, I'd heard about this. And because it kind of goes through the student ranks, what's, what's coming, you know. And, uh, and so I buckled down, made sure I got, you know, lots and lots of notes and stayed up late reviewing. And I got A's. But some of my, uh, some of my uh, student, uh, student uh, fellow students didn't do so well. And after one of those tests, 
uh, we, a group of us were standing there kind of comparing notes. And, and, and so one of them was kind of quiet. And so we, we asked him, uh, uh, how did you do? He said, you know, he said, I didn't know the answers to, to, to those things, uh, to many of them. He said, I asked the Holy Spirit, what is the answer to these things? And the Holy Spirit says, I don't know either. <laughs> now he's joking. Okay. That's a joke. Okay. Actually, he did say that, but it's a joke. The Holy Spirit did know the answers, okay? No test is so hard that the Holy Spirit's going to give up on that, all right? Nobody's smarter than the Holy Spirit. Isn't that right? And if you'll follow the Holy Spirit, he'll make you look smart. He'll make you look like a, as, as, as one person said, make you look like a genius. Isn't that right? So here we have the Holy Spirit, that he may abide with you forever. I'm going to just uh, mention this just a moment. He says he will abide with us how long? Forever. forever. Uh, just, 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 just say that out loud. Forever. forever. And my daughter came to me one day, my youngest daughter, and says, what does forever mean? And I said, well, it, it means there's no end to it. And she said, I don't know if I'm comfortable with that, Dad. And I said, she said, I can't, I can't get a handle on that. I mean, there's no time frame on forever. I said, no, there isn't. It's always, always going to be. And, and so, you know, it's beyond our grasp. But here we have a promise that no matter what's going on in our life, whether it's good, bad, or ugly, I'm telling you, he said, I'm going to stick with you. I'm going to abide with you forever. I'm here for the long haul, and I'm, going to, I'm here to help you no matter what has gone on in your life. That's amazing. If I got somebody, I got, I got somebody in my corner. You know what I'm saying? Always have somebody in my corner pulling for me. No matter what has happened, no matter how stupid I've been, no matter how difficult things have been. I got somebody in my corner and they are smarter than anybody else. They are greater than anybody else. They have abilities that nobody else has. And so I've got a great person in my corner. Turn with me to first John chapter four, verse four, first John chapter four, verse four. It's another verse that I want us to get familiar with when it comes to thinking about the Holy Spirit. Everybody just say that. Holy Spirit. Let's say it again. Holy Spirit. Let's do it one more time. Holy Spirit. You know, there are a lot of church people that aren't even comfortable saying that. One person came to me and said this, Brother Marvin, the problem with the Holy Spirit is you never know what he's going to do. Well, can I recommend a book for you? Because <laughs> this book tells you about him. Did you know, did you know that in, in the Old Testament there are at least 90 direct references to the Holy Spirit and there are 18 different titles or names or designations of him? And in the New Testament it gets even better. There are 200 and uh, one person said 43, another one said 63. So we know that there's a lot of reference, direct references on the Holy Spirit 
in, in the New Testament, and there are uh, 39 different titles, designations, or names, descriptions given of him there. And so the Bible talks a lot about the Holy Spirit. And so I had people come to me and say, Brother Marvin, we don't agree with you that you should be talking about the Holy Spirit so much. We, you need to be talking about Jesus because uh, the Bible says the Holy Spirit won't talk about himself. And I said, well, it's a little late. He's talked a lot about himself in the book he wrote. Isn't that right? And so, uh, you know, um, he doesn't, it doesn't, when it says that he shall not speak of himself, Actually, the, uh, the, other, the more accurate translation is this. He will, not, he will not speak of his own authority. Okay? But what he hears from the Father and the Son. And so uh, that doesn't make him any less God. It just, it just shows you that there's divine order in the Godhead. Okay? And they work together. Every, each one has their place. It's amazing. And, um, and so... And so anyway, 1 John 4.4 4 is an amazing verse. Uh, I love this verse. And, and it says this. He said, you are of God, little children. I love that first phrase as much as any of it. You are of God. One translation says, you belong to God. So if you don't feel like you belong, but you're a Christian, guess what? We found where you belong. You belong to God. Isn't that right? And he said, goes on and says, you have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he that's in the world. Specifically, John was talking about false teachers and Gnostic uh, type uh, thinkers uh, that were bringing in uh, doctrine that was contrary uh, to, um, uh, to uh, the rest of the scripture that they already had. And uh, won't go into that. But he said, he said, but you have overcome them. He said, greater is he who's in you, the Holy Spirit who's in you, than those guys out there that are talking that way. How many of you have heard a few people talking out there in the world and you're thinking, you can't believe, I can't believe they're saying that stuff. You know that's not true. How can they even believe that stuff? Well, greater is he that's in you than those that are out there talking like that. Do you see what I'm saying? And, and then you've got people that are brave enough to try to threaten the church. And they're coming against something that Jesus himself said, I will build the church. And he said, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Isn't that amazing? So I got confidence in Jesus. How many of you got confidence in him? And he sent the Holy Spirit to guide the church. And so we don't have to do church alone. Isn't that amazing? We don't have to do life alone. And he says here, you are of God. Uh, you are of God, little children. I take great comfort in that. And uh, I don't know how you grew up. I grew up in a very traditional church. And uh, there's, uh, it, it would be doctrinally, it would be a church that was extremely Arminial's. Uh, in, its, in its beliefs, meaning you didn't hardly know if you were saved or not. Many of them said that. And they just didn't know. They thought one little wrong mistake will send you to hell. And it was just no assurance whatsoever. And so I grew up with, uh, with that 
under that. And so I remember at 15 years old being concerned because a war broke out in the Middle East and it was fighting and, 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 and going on. And, uh, and, and it really bothered me because my dad said, that's, uh, by the way, that's, that's, that's over there close to where the, the Armageddon is going to be and the final uh, battle before G uh, Jesus, uh, you know, uh, and and then then it'll be the end. And so I didn't know if it was going to last. You know, you know I'm I'm lying awake at night because I don't know if it's going to last till morning. You know, and I know I'm not living for God. I don't even know how. And uh, and so so I'm just glad for these kind of verses. You know what I'm saying? That give us assurance. And so. Um, so I love this. And he says, read it again. He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Amen. Notice where the Holy Spirit is. He's in us. Specifically, he's in it. Now, you know, he's everywhere because he's omnipresent is what the term is. And you know that he is everywhere, but specifically he resides in us. That makes you God's address in the earth. If somebody wants to find God, you can say, you don't have to look any further. He's right here, right where you are. Isn't that right? Doesn't mean you're God. It just means you know where he is. Isn't that right? And so, so, so we know that he's in us. He dwells in us. He abides with us and in us forever. He is the constant uh, uh, constant companion. And so um, somebody said he is the abiding guest, but I'd have to say after I've studied the Bible that he's actually the abiding host and that, and that we are the guests. We have come to him. In other words, he worked to bring us to the Father. Okay? And so... How many of you are glad you made a decision to come to church tonight? Isn't that good? And, and, and so forth. And, I'm, and, and we're all, you know, as ministers, we're, very, we're really proud of people that make a decision to come to church on a Wednesday night. My goodness, you know. But did you know that even though you made that decision, you had some help in making that decision? I like what Reinhard Bonnke said. He said, we come at his bidding. In other words, the Holy Spirit helped you get here today, whether you realized it or not. He is the, he's the one in charge. Isn't that amazing? And so here's what a statement that I heard Brother Hagen make over the years, numerous times as we listened to him and, and in his teaching is in there. But he would make this statement, and I'm going to uh, kind of go off on that tonight based on these verses right here. Brother Hagen would say often in his meetings, <clears throat> we ought to be more conscious of the greater one on the inside. You remember, you've heard that, Pastor Greg, and, and so, um, so he would say that. We ought to be more conscious of the greater one on the inside. What he meant was we need to be more conscious of the Holy Spirit who's living uh, in our hearts. Isn't that right? And so uh, I know a lot of people... Uh, a thought that he meant 
uh, when he said that, that he's talking about you ought to get more full of the Spirit. In other words, be baptized with the Holy Spirit and have some, a more Pentecostal fire and, and all of that, you know, and more, uh, more fervor that way, you know. But, but actually, he really wasn't talking about that. He was talking about the dimension of the indwelling Spirit rather than the Spirit uh, uh, upon us for service. He knew, he knew that if you understand the person that lives on the inside of you, that you can flow with him after he's equipped you with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, after you've been equipped with, you know more about how to flow with him because you get to know him. And so I, uh, as I, as I prepared for this lesson tonight, I asked the, I asked the Holy Spirit, I said, what, what specifically do you want me to share? Because I can go a number of directions with this subject. And he gave me one word, and that was conscious. And so I'm going to dwell on that word for, for a few minutes. Because we need to understand what Brother Hagin was talking about. When, and we know he was a man of the Spirit. He was a man that understood what God wanted at different times. Isn't that, wouldn't that be great to know what God wants at different times? I mean, you know, wouldn't it be great to know enough that it's not just a mystery, that we're not just kind of groping blindly along, hoping we get it right? I remember those times. Isn't that right? As a Christian, I'm like, I hope I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> I hope I'm in the right place, you know. You know, I don't know if it's the will of God for me to be here or not, but I'm here, you know. Well, I remember I heard the story of one lady. She said, oh, Holy Spirit, if, if it's your will for me to be at that Bible study tonight, make all the traffic lights green. <laughs> well, I don't recommend that, but, you know, I'm sure she could have slowed down or sped up a little bit to help him, <laughs> you know, on that. <laughs> but you understand that sometimes we don't really understand everything. And the more we know him, the more we know what God wants at, at different times. And so, so anyway, let's look at this word conscious uh, just a little bit because I, I just, uh, I'll be honest with you, for a number of years after, I, even though I heard Brother Hagin say that, I didn't particularly pay attention to it. I just, uh, I thought, well, that's good. And that's as far as it went, you know, and, uh, uh, or I agree with that. I think so too, you know, I, I wasn't quite sure what all he was talking about, but I, I had confidence that Brother Hagin knew what he was talking about. And so the word conscious, uh, first of all, uh, I'm just going to give you some words that'll help us to describe the, uh, the word conscious. One would be to be aware of, to be aware of. In other words, here's the thing. Have you ever been someplace doing something and, and, and you weren't aware that anybody else was around? I was working in a, a small, pastoring a small church one time and I was working out back cutting a piece of plywood with a skill saw. And all of a sudden, I didn't know anybody else was around. All of a sudden, somebody grabbed the board, jerked it around, the saw jack, uh, you know, jackknifed or, you know, got caught, spit out, you know, and spun out, you know. And I'm like scrambling to stay out of the way of the saw, you know. And I looked around and it was one of the homeless guys had come by. And, uh, and, and, and I said, what in the world are you doing? I was a little bit uh, testy at the moment, you know. <laughs> 
you know, because I'm, I'm, I just got done successfully dodging the saw, you know, and I, unnecessarily having to do that, you know, and, and, I, and I determined whose fault it was. And, <laughs> and he, he said, well, I was just trying to help. I said, I don't need that kind of help. And uh, so, you know, sometimes we're not aware of somebody being around. It's good to know that to be aware of the Holy Spirit. Now, another word, another word would be to have to respond to. In other words, here's the thing: how many of you have ever heard that? Don't have to vote. Primaries are passed, and the, and, uh, and the general elections are not yet. And so, you don't have to respond. Don't hold up your hand. But how many of you have ever heard that little small voice on the inside? Um, kind of nudging you towards something and you did not respond. Well, I, hey, I think we've all been there. It's called learning. Isn't that right? We know we're learning because we're here tonight. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? And so uh, to, uh, being conscious of the Holy Spirit would mean to, to, to be responding to him or to uh, simply have knowledge of him. To know that he's there. That would be another thing. There are people, Christians, that don't know he's, he's even with them. Did you, know, did you know that the number one problem in the church today concerning the Holy Spirit is that, that there is a majority of Christians that go to church that do not believe that there is any such thing as the Holy Spirit. They don't believe. And then there's a, there's a significant portion that, that uh, uh, acknowledge that the Holy Spirit exists, but, but there's like 50-some uh, percent of them don't think he's a person. They think he's just a living force. Well, you know, you could set a battery up here, and it would have force. But it'll never ask you how you're doing. It'll never be your comforter. When, you, when, when sorrow hits, that battery will sit right there. It has power, but it won't do anything for you. You see what I'm saying? The Holy Spirit is not just a living force. Pardon me, but he would, did not have a role in Star Wars. <laughs> and I know you're big film buffs here, but, but you understand he's something more than that. And sometimes we have little things uh, uh, or, or things come up that we use to try to help describe spiritual things. And so, uh, and they're good as far as they go, but they never capture really the whole thing. Another word, uh, some other words would be to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Isn't that right? And to, uh, uh, to perceive, uh, to, uh, to notice do you ever notice when he, uh, a little nudge, do this or don't do that? Like for me, you know, slow down a little kind of nudge, you know. I hear that once in a while, you know. And, uh, and so, you know, it's one of those things. Yeah, uh, to observe. I love to observe. Be in meetings, even when I'm not ministering, I love to observe. Okay? Uh, to be concerned about. There are many Christians aren't even concerned about him. Or here's another one, to be interested in. They show no interest. Matter of fact, uh, if you mention the Holy Spirit in some churches, 
There is a great disinterest because they've heard stuff that they think is, uh, you know, accurate. And, and perhaps if, when you'd really get down to the Bible, it probably wouldn't be as accurate as they think it is. And so, but I know that, you know, the Holy Spirit is moving in this earth today. We have the privilege of not only speaking in churches like this, uh, spirit-filled churches or some. We actually are able to speak in some denominational churches as well. And recently we spoke at a church of the brethren and we were able uh, to speak a little bit about the Holy Spirit. And, and when we gave an altar call for um, people who had issues that they needed the help of the Holy Spirit. They couldn't solve it themselves. They, you know, to acknowledge, I need the Holy Spirit to help me. There was a third of the congregation that responded to that in a, in a, in a church of the brethren. That's God moving. So anyway, I'm just delighted about that kind of thing. And so, uh, so we need to recognize that the reality of the Holy Spirit to, to, to be interested in, take an interest in him. Don't be afraid of him. He would never hurt you. He will never hurt you. He will never do something just because he says, I know you don't like it, so I'm going to do it just to, just to, you know, whatever. You just need to get over it, whatever, you know, kind of thing, you know. Uh, you know, he's, he is, uh, he, he, he works in you before he asks you to do something. And if he asks you to do something, it's because he's already worked in you. Do you see what I'm saying? And so, but the time, uh, it come, when the time comes for you to actually go do what he asks you to do, you'll like it. Sometimes his ideas are, take a little bit of time to get used to. You know what I'm saying? You said what? Can you repeat that, please? You know. And, uh, and so it's kind of like Moses at the burning bush. I'm gonna, God said, I'm going to send you back to Israel, and, and I'm going to send you into Pharaoh. And, uh, and, and so uh, he said, you said what? And he said, I'm going to give you a sign. He said, throw that rod down. And it turned into a snake. And then God said, pick it back up. And Moses was like, uh, I'm not into snakes. You know? He said, pick it back up. I don't think I heard you right, Lord. How many of you know some ideas are a little, take a little to get to used to, but you know, he knows what we don't know. Isn't that right? He knows. And, and when he tells us something beyond our thinking, let me tell you something. He's got something in mind for you. He really does. It's amazing what he can do. Let's look a little bit more. Here's another one. Pay attention to, to him. Now, notice the first word, pay. In other words, there is a price to pay to, to, uh, to know or to be uh, involved with the Holy Spirit. And the price is that you don't yield to the flesh. Do you understand what I mean? Uh, it means maybe, it may mean that you, uh, that you decide, I'm not going to do this activity over here. I notice that, that, that something in my heart doesn't seem pleased with that. Okay? So it means, it means yielding that to him and saying, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk away from that. I want to turn around and I want to look 
to the Holy Spirit. I don't want that to hinder me. I want him to, you know, if he's the greater one, he's going to lead us into greater things. How many of you believe his ideas are bigger than, than yours, bigger than ours? Isn't that right? And, and I'm going to tell you, if he's the greater one, I doubt seriously whether he's doing anything real small. In other words, he's got some grand plans. Isn't that right? Isn't that right? And, uh, and so uh, I just want to uh, encourage that. Another word would be to focus on. Focus. You know what I'm saying? Tune out this other stuff. That's part of the price you pay. You know, you don't shoot a gun successfully without focusing on what you're shooting at. I remember the first time that I went duck hunting. We went up over that pond bank, you know, and the, the, the water's covered with ducks. And I've got, I've got this 20-gauge Remington semi-automatic, you know, all I have to do, I've got the shells in there. All I have to do is pull the trigger, however many times until it's empty. And I had three shells in there. And so, uh, uh, so when we came up over that pond bank, uh, uh, those ducks went up. I mean, it's just full, the, the, the sky is just full of ducks right there. And I'm thinking, how can I miss? And I stuck the gun up, boom, boom, boom. How hard can that be? You know what I'm saying? And I heard, I heard this, uh, the guy on my right, he had, he had a, uh, a Winchester, uh, uh, what do you call that? Slide, huh? Pump. Yeah, the pump. And so he was, he, I heard, boom, 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 you know. Over here, this guy had a Mossberg bolt action. And so I heard, boom, 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 boom. So I knew we all throw, had three shots apiece, and there was five ducks on the pond when everything's away. And so, so the guy on the, over here, he said, I got three. And the other guy said, I got two. I think they were lying. But anyway, that meant, do the math. How many did I get? None. Focus. I didn't focus on any one duck. I just thought, how can I miss? You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like a person comes down to the altar and says, I just want whatever, God. Just whatever, God. I mean, just whatever. Just do whatever you want. Well, there's no focus. And sometimes we go back to our seat disappointed because we thought we had an experience. It was good to do it, but we wonder what we got. You know what I'm saying? So, again, um, it means also one final word. It means not to be dull concerning the Holy Spirit. Did you know there are some Christians that are spiritually dull? They're born again. Now, I'm, 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 not, I'm not trying to put anybody down. Have you met somebody that just is not, uh, just doesn't seem interested? Or when you try to talk to them about something spiritual, it's almost like a, a foreign language. They just don't think that way. I like to say it this way. If we ought to be more conscious of the greater one on the inside, I've met some people that are spiritually unconscious. 
concerning the Holy Spirit. Spiritually unconscious. They don't respond. You know, have you ever seen somebody unconscious? I have. And they don't respond. They don't move. They don't, when you talk, it doesn't make any difference. When you slap their hand a little bit, it doesn't make any difference, you know, or anything. They don't respond. Um, uh, uh, spiritually, uh, I was teaching a class. I hate to almost tell you this story in one sense, but it dem demonstrates what I'm trying to talk about. In, in, I was teaching a class on the gifts of the Spirit. And, and I, I'm a firm believer that, that the gifts ought to operate out of the knowledge that we have about the person. You know what I'm saying? And when we know the person, we, the gifts work a lot better. And so uh, we were, we were uh, uh, having a move of the Holy Spirit right in the middle of the class. We were, uh, people were weeping, people, the presence of the Holy Spirit was right there. And, and, he, uh, and, and people were weeping, some had their hands up in the air, some were speaking in other tongues. Uh, it was just an amazing time of the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I looked over there and there was, a, there was a guy, had his laptop open, oblivious of everything, unconscious of everything, going on around him and messing around on his laptop. And I'm just saying, I thought, totally unaware of what he could have. I guarantee you that what the Holy Spirit was doing in that room was better than anything he could find on that laptop. Isn't that right? I don't know about you, but I sense the Holy Spirit in this room right now. He's right here. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just go a little further. You all right? Go a little further. Romans chapter 8, verse 5. I'm gonna, I want you to look at something that helps to describe this word being conscious. I'm, I've only got one agenda tonight, and that is to get you to be more conscious in your daily life about the Holy Spirit. I don't want you to be, I don't want you to become somebody that's spooky or somebody that's strange, you know, acts strange in the store. You know what I'm saying? I don't want you to, I don't want you to be somebody like that. And uh, I don't want you to be, be somebody that doesn't, that feels like you can't, can't associate with anybody because you're talking to the Holy Spirit. You know what I'm saying? I don't want you to be like that. I want you to be able to be more conscious of him while you're doing those things and expecting him to help you. That's my goal tonight. And so look at this, Romans chapter 8, verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. And, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. That's New King James. Uh, I'm going to read a couple of other translations where it, uh, um, just the latter part of it. And, and the, the common Jewish Bible says that they, someone sets their mind on the things of the Spirit. Now, I don't know about you. Have you ever set your mind to something? Like, like okay, I've got this class. I'm going to have to learn. So I'm going to set myself to learn. Isn't that right? I'm going to get the most I can out of the class, okay? Or, or, or you've got a new vehicle to drive, and you say, okay, I'm going to do my best to drive this. 
It's kind of like the first time I drove a motorcycle. A little Honda, and the guy says, you can take it for a drive. Well, I, I'd watched other people, you know, so I jumped on it and, and put it in gear, and, and I, I twisted the throttle a little bit and let out the clutch. And I'll, I, I'm telling you, I'm, 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 I'm going to do the best I know, but I didn't know enough, and I'm hanging on. I mean, the, 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 I twisted the throttle a little too far, and, and, and it's threatening to tear loose from my hands. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just hanging on, trying to, trying to stay on it, and the fence is coming up, and I'm trying to slow this thing down, but I'm hanging on. Well, it turned out all right, I can tell you that. We, we did, we did but, but, but you know, I set my mind to it, but it wasn't according to knowledge. Now, we need to set our mind according to knowledge, okay? And so he says here, the expanded Bible says it this way. I love this. Those who live following the Spirit are thinking about, have their minds set on, or have their outlook shaped by the things the Spirit wants them to do. I love that. The, the uh, Lexham English Bible says that they are intent on the things of, of the Spirit. Isn't that right? Have you ever looked at something intently? That means you're not looking at anything else at the moment, you know. Uh, the, the Message Bible says that they give attention to God, leading us into the open, into the open, into a spacious, free life. I don't know about you, but I like the wide open. I travel many places, but I love coming back to the plains of Oklahoma. I really do. It's wide open, you know. I got room to breathe. Isn't that right? And then the, uh, another translation says to focus their minds on matters to do with the Spirit. So it sounds like a mouthful, but it really boils down to this. The four things you ought to know, and, and I'm just going to give them to you quickly. How many of you know that means nothing? Um, you know, but I'm going to give them to you as quickly as I can. One is this. You need to be conscious of who the Holy Spirit is, number one. Okay, conscious of who he is. That means you may have to look in, in the word of God to find out exactly who he is, okay? But the good news is, I'll give you a starting point. John 14, 15, and 16, there are some verses there where Jesus revealed the person of the Holy Spirit. Be conscious, number two, of where he is. Where he is. Number one, who he is. Number two, where he is. In other words, people think, well, he's somewhere. He's over at that church where, it's moving, where things are happening. That's where he is. No, listen to me. You need to be conscious of the fact that he's right where you are. If you're a Christian, he's right there. He said, yeah, but he's more over there. Sorry. What's happening over there is they're allowing him to move more than, 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 than you are. Mm, all right. And so anyway, now listen to this. So we need to be conscious of where he is because that will help us to cooperate with him and expect more from him because he's ready to do all and more that we want. Thirdly, be conscious of why he's here. Why is he here? Why did he come into my life? I didn't, I mean, I asked Jesus to be my Lord, but I didn't. I didn't know about the Holy Spirit. You know what I'm saying? 
and I was in one denominational church and told them that, you know, we say Jesus is in our heart, but actually he's seated at the right hand of the Father, and it's the Holy Spirit that lives in your heart. And somehow I had not properly prepared them for that idea, and uh, they did not uh, particularly embrace that idea. They, they, they didn't know why he was here was to help them see Jesus better. To know what Jesus did for them at the cross. That's the big ministry of the Holy Spirit is that you would know more about what Jesus is doing. And today, what he did at the cross, what's he doing right now? He's doing some things right now. The present day ministry of the Holy Spirit, of, the, of Jesus Christ. And so why is he here? He's here to help the church be, do everything that, that, that the Father has planned. He's, helped, he's here to help you overcome. He's here to help you move to another level. Remember those dreams that are, that are on the inside that you don't hardly go to anymore because you've seen no evidence of them coming to pass and you don't know if they ever will? Holy Spirit knows how to get you there. Knows how to get you there. Now, 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 listen to this. Lastly, conscious of what he will do. What will he do? What will he do? What will he do? So you need to know, study those things, four things, who he is, where he is, why he's here, and what will he do? If you know those four things to start that way, I'm telling you, I've noticed, uh, you know, my life, uh, I'd have to say the success of it has been because I've learned to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, to be conscious of Him. It hasn't always been a loud voice. Sometimes it's just a little nudge. Sometimes it's a quiet whisper. Sometimes it's just an awareness suddenly that, that, that oh, the Holy Spirit's wanting to do something. And so, so I, I don't have time to tell you this, but I want us to say this together in the, in the little bit of time that we have. I want us to say this together. We declare that we are, we that we are conscious, of the spirit, conscious of the Spirit, aware of the Spirit, aware. sensitive to the Spirit, sensitive. perceiving the Spirit, perceiving. Observing, the spirit. observing the Spirit, concerned about the Spirit, about interested in the Spirit, interested. knowing the things of the Spirit, Noticing the Spirit, paying attention to the Spirit, setting my mind to the Spirit, trusting in the Spirit. You see what I'm saying? We're verbally expressing what we're about to do. Now listen to this. When you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you expressed verbally, Jesus is my Lord in some way, didn't you? In other words, there was a verbal uh, uh, response to Jesus uh, making him, declaring him Lord and Savior. Isn't that right? But how many of us have ever made a verbal declaration Holy Spirit, I make you my helper, my comforter, my counselor, my advocate, my intercessor. 
my strengthener, my standby. Have we ever uh, really ever verbalized that like we did making Jesus Lord? I, I believe there are a lot of Christians today who have who, who legitimately made Jesus their Lord. But the reason their life is not more successful is because they have never really made the Holy Spirit their helper. They have not known to do that. They have not, uh, let's put it this way, another way. Many have trusted the Jesus to be their Lord and Savior, but few have ever put their trust in the Holy Spirit. And because of that, the work of God is limited in their life. The Holy Spirit is the, is, is, is the person of the Godhead that's in the earth doing the work of God. And he's here to help us. And so uh, I'm just encouraging you again, when you wake up in the morning, say, verbally, Holy Spirit, you're my helper today. I'm trusting you. I'm making you my Lord and Savior. If you should stand up with me, if you would, please. I want to just do this, uh, just, uh, just this little thing. How many of you have had a, f had a few issues to deal with this week? How many of you have had some problems that came up? Maybe you've had a lot of work to do, and, and you're here anyway, and you really didn't have time to come, and, and, and certainly we thank you for coming. And uh, so how many of you, that even uh, maybe there's people here that have to endure some conflict or, or gone through some stuff, you know, and problems and, and, and obstacles came up and, and uh, things like that. And here's what I want us to do tonight. I just, uh, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, tell them to give it to God. And I heard these words. Let it go. Just let it go. Just let it go. Whatever it is that you've been through. Whatever, it is, whatever you had to deal with. All of us have dealt with something this week. Some are big. Some are small. Some of it bothers us. Some of it we didn't realize how much it bothers us. We kind of moved on. Some of it bothers us a lot. Let it go. Let's let it go. How about, how about just giving it to God right now uh, with an uplifted hand, just giving it to God and just say, God, here it is. I'm going to give it to you. I let it go. Say that with me. I let it go in the name of Jesus right now. It's yours, Lord. Every bit of it, not just some of it, not just half of it, not just three-fourths of it, every bit of it. The unfairness of your job situation, give it to him. Here, here, here's another one. Here's another one. The missed opportunity that you've been crying over, give it to God. I'm telling you, whoever that's for, I'm telling you, that little voice you've been hearing, there'll never be another opportunity like that. That's a lie. That's the devil speaking to you. Greater is he who's in you than that missed opportunity. Hallelujah. So give it to him. 
Whatever you've been dealing with, give it to him right now. Now, while we got our while we got ourselves in a spiritual position like this, while we got our hands up or in front of us or some way we're letting God know that we, 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 we're giving these things to him. Right now, do this with me. I ask, Holy Spirit, fill me up again to overflowing right now with your presence, with your power in the name of Jesus. Right now. Hallelujah. Say, we receive the power of the Holy Spirit upon our lives. We thank you for being baptized with the Holy Spirit, afresh and anew, filled up, filled up, filled up, filled up. Hallelujah. Overflowing. With the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Filled up. Filled up. Oh, I'm filled up. Spilling over. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now grab the hand of a person beside you. Grab the hand of a person beside you. And just say, I'm filled up. And I'm spilling over on you. Holy Spirit, minister to them. Minister to them. Their every need in Jesus' name. Friend, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit's in this place right now. While you're ministering to one another, the Holy Spirit's ministering to all of us right now in the mighty name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name, in the name, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for everyone. Minister to everyone. Don't let anyone go uh, untouched tonight, Lord. Holy Spirit. You know what everyone needs. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Now, the Lord's told me, the Lord told me on the way over here, he said, I want to show you something. He said, when I show it to you, I want you to speak it out. So I'm going to tell you what I saw. I saw a river. And the water had water in it, but it was by no means full. And suddenly, I saw a major difference. I saw something happening. And the flood, it was at flood stage. And the Lord spoke to me that you have been in the river. You have moved along in my presence. But I'm about to open the gates. And the floodwaters will come and lift you up to a new level, a higher ground, a greater dimension of that which God desires to do in your life and in this church. The floodgates, I see it happening. 
Lift your hands up and thank him for it right now. I thank him for it right now. I thank him for it right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The floodwaters. The floodwaters. Oh, hallelujah. Right now, I'm telling you that God is doing something in this place. He's doing something in this place. I said in this place. I want to tell you about it. Don't be, don't be, um, don't, 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 don't be slow in your participation. Be interested. Be concerned. Be conscious. Come and observe. Perceive. Uh, notice what God is doing. Begin to rejoice in every little thing. And you'll see the water come up higher. You'll see the more you rejoice in God, the more you'll see him do in your life and in this church. Come expecting more than what you've had before. You've seen some things. You've seen some things. I said you've seen some things, and that is as it should be. But that which is to come is far more, far more, much greater, much greater, far more, much greater than before. Rejoice in what he has done, but rejoice in what's coming. For it is coming, for the river is flowing. The river is flowing and the spirit is moving, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Heads bowed and eyes closed. I'm going to give you this opportunity. I don't know if all of you know Christ. Maybe, don't know. Um, some of you may be Christians, but you said, I'm not where I should be. And right now, just where you're at, if you need to make Jesus your Lord or you need to rededicate your life to Christ, I want you to just simply slip up your hand. We'll pray with you right where you are, right where you are. I'm looking for hands anywhere in the room right now. Anyone at all that would slip their hand up and say, I need that prayer. I see that hand. You can put it back down. Anybody else that would join this person in raising their hand, saying, I need prayer for that, to make Jesus Lord or to rededicate my life. Anyone at all. Anyone. I'm taking just a moment. Those of you that are watching online on Facebook and YouTube or whatever, wherever this is going, I want you to pray this prayer. We're all going to pray a prayer together, and uh, we're going to uh, believe with these people and with those of you that need it that, uh, that, that you are able to make Jesus your Lord and rededicate or rededicate your life. So, congregation, would you repeat after me? Heavenly Father, thank you for forgiving me for the blood of Jesus that washes away all my sins. I thank you that you have received me as your child. Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is my Lord. He is my Lord. And I thank you now that you're my heavenly father 
and that I'm a child of God and that you have received me as a member in the family of God. In Jesus' name, amen. I encourage those of you that are watching, uh, if you don't have uh, a church to go to, certainly this would be a great church to come to if, uh, if you're within uh, driving distance. But if you're not, then I would say find a Bible-believing church and get involved, and you'll see God work in a greater way for you. And so I encourage all of you, be more conscious. That was my message tonight of the greater one on the inside. And we know we are... How many of you have no more burdens? We're burden-free, and we're filled with the Spirit. Isn't that right? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Isn't that right? What a way to go home tonight. Amen. God bless you. Pastor Greg, I'm going to turn it over to you. And uh... Hallelujah. Can we just lift our hands and just give the Lord some praise? Hallelujah. Isn't he good? Hallelujah. Now, as he was talking about that river, I saw that river. I saw it. I saw it. And, uh, you know, um, the Bible says in the last days, according to the book of Daniel, that the enemy will seek to wear out the saints. How many know that's in the Bible? He will seek to wear them out. And there is a weariness on the body of Christ and what we just heard gives us the awareness that we are not in, you see, a desert. We're not in a desolate place, but we're in the place of God and within the place of God. We are one spirit with Him. So that means that regardless of what you're going through, of what you're facing, there is an oasis of God by the presence of His person through the Holy Spirit that you can activate and interact with 24-7 in the jail cell, in the hospital bed, in the time when the wife is walking out. You can still access this oasis of God. And what I saw in my spirit, and I want, you know, Listen, when you're dealing with spiritual things, you've got to learn to use your imagination. Your imagination was given to you so that you could begin to interact with things that are unseen. You learned it as a child. You operated in it as a child just absolutely normally. It was only when we got educated, educated and, uh, you know, put in there that we lost our ability to think, oh, that's silly. That's silly to see myself healed. When I have this pain, it's silly for me to see that the money's there when the bank account's in a negative balance. It's, it's, it's silly for me to think that healing can happen in my marriage when I just had the worst fight that I've ever had. And, and we lose our imagination. You know, he talked about our mind being stayed or our mind being set on the spirit. Well, you know, Isaiah said that. Isaiah said if, we, if our mind is stayed on the Lord, we will have peace, peace. In the, in the actual Hebrew, it'll say peace, peace. That means peace, is, peace isn't just the absence of problems. It isn't quietness. Peace is the presence of God in our situation. 
And what I sense is that we're in the river tonight. I, I know I am. I'm in the river tonight. And you ever had a hot day? Fatigue is on you. Your body is sore. There's pain in your body, pain in your joints. And you go down to the river. And that cold, refreshing water begins to splash over your body. And you begin to lap it up and begin to, to, to put it on your shoulders and stuff. And what does it happen? It invigorates you. It revives you. It strengthens you. And I'm here to tell you that's what I see us doing tonight. Right now, before we leave tonight, because this is going to build and build. Next week, we're going to have a Holy Ghost move. But tonight, tonight, we need to wash ourselves in the river. Amen? That means we need to just use our imagination, see that living water that's on the inside of us, that's pumping out of the wells of salvation that's on the inside of your spirit, and begin to refresh yourself. There's people need refreshing right now. I know I need refreshing. I've been under the gun, my friends. I mean, the enemy's been trying to do some stupid stuff. But I'm here to tell you, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And so I'm going to use my imagination, and I'm going to put my, I'm going to step in to the water. I'm going to let it get deep as it can get. And I'm going to let it saturate my joints. I'm going to let it saturate my body. I'm going to let it get in my kidneys, get in my heart, get in my liver, get in my bloodstream, get in every fiber and cell of my body. I'm going to become one with the Spirit of God. I'm going to energize and be rejuvenated. I'm going to walk out with the strength of God. Hallelujah. So if you've got joint pain, you begin to take that water. Imagine that water just going over your joints, going over. If you've got heart issues, you just take that water and you just put that over your chest. If you've got high blood pressure, you need to just begin to, to take that water and just put it over, you see, your blood veins and command that blood pressure to come to normalcy in the name of Jesus. If you're having problems with headaches, begin to saturate and refresh yourself. See the Spirit of God saturating your nervous system, saturating, you see, every aspect of your life and of your body. If you've got pain in your feet, see the water just overtaking those feet and bringing rejuvenation and bringing health and healing to you right now because you don't have to look outside of yourself for anything anymore. If you're a believer here, the wells of salvation, the water is on the inside of you, the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Rejuvenate, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus said the eye is the lamp of the body. He did not say it's a window to the soul. Don't ever misquote Jesus. 
The lamp of the body. What does a lamp do? A lamp illuminates something. And what we heard tonight was our lamp has been on things that are bringing weariness. But if we will begin to put them on the things of the Spirit and make our lamp shine, he said, your whole body will be filled with light. And light is life. It is synonymous in the Scripture. Light and life are synonymous. The more light, the more life. Jesus said, oh, I love what Jesus said in John the 17th chapter. He said, and this is life eternal. Well, what is life eternal? Is it a secret rock I need to find or a rock a pebble I got to get out of my sensei's hand? Or is it going up, a, you know, going up a mountain and seeing somebody there in a lotus position? He said, no, this is life eternal, that they might know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ. Because knowledge brings light, which releases life. Amen? I'm here to tell you, we're getting good stuff here tonight. Hallelujah. We need, this place needs to be full these next Wednesday nights. It needs to be absolutely full. Because this is what the world is looking for. They're tired of dead religion. They're tired of works. They're tired of a great commission that no longer has the power of God. Not one time did Jesus say, Go into all the world and mow every widow's lawn. I'm not against mowing widow's lawns. I'm not against painting things and doing public projects. But the world is crying out for the supernatural power of God. And the Lord told us, and he told me several years ago, and I'm going to say it again. He said the church needs to only do what the church can only do. Because there's not an organization on planet earth can do what the body of Christ can do. There's no government that can do it. There's no sensei that can do it. There's no uh, guru that can do it. There's no people that can do it. It is the church of God. We are the ecclesia. We are the legislative assembly. As goes the church, so goes the world. And if you don't get a hold of that, we're not going anywhere, my friends. If we don't understand that the church is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. And when God wants to do something, he's going to do it through us. And you have just been given an illuminating key as to how to make that happen in your personal life. So we take this information into our homes, into our schools, into our businesses, into our jobs, into our communities, our spheres of influence. And we realize that it is Christ in us, the hope of glory, by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know if I can quit. You got me stirred up. I don't know if I can quit. Amen? I feel invigorated tonight. Hallelujah. Hello. You can sit there like a lump on a pickle, but I choose not to. You know what? It said Samson shook himself. Sometimes you just got to shake yourself. Sometimes you just got to, you know what? I'm tired of this fatigue. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of this torment. I'm tired of these words. I'm tired of this harassment. I'm tired of this pain. I'm tired. You got to get tired of it. 
Well, I'm tired all the time. Well, you need to wrestle with that. You need to just say, no, in the name of Jesus, the strength of God. The Lord says, I will strengthen you. Hallelujah. The Lord is my strength. The Bible says that we're to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. How does that come? Through the Holy Spirit. See, these are awarenesses that, that we've been talking about. Awareness. I remember my father in the faith said this. He said, if the joy of the Lord is your strength, this is what the Lord told him. He said, if my joy is your strength, he said, you never need to be weak again. Amen. You never need to be weak again. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to keep you here till 9 o'clock. I'm going to have to quit. Go forth in the power of the revelation that we've received tonight. Don't sit there and say, I've heard this. That means you haven't heard it. Because if you've heard it, you want to hear more. It's when you, when you haven't truly heard it, you get bored with it. Well, I've John 14, oh my gosh. Like there's another scripture in the Bible, better than John 14, 16 about the Holy Spirit. Amen? Well, I've heard this before. No. Take it in. Light brings life. Light brings life. The more light, the more life you're going to experience. It doesn't mean that you have to incrementally receive from God like a, a merit badge. The power is already there. An anointing that destroys the yoke of sickness and disease and bondage is already present in you. All we're doing and all Pastor Marvin's doing is he's given, he's taken a lamp and he's saying, have you seen this? But he's not in his storehouse, he's in yours. And he's showing you what you have right now. He's not saying, hey, buy this. I've got it at my book table. He's saying, you already have it. You just don't know you got it. Let me unlock it through the scripture and show you what you have. Because when you begin to see what you have, that's when the enemy begins to quake in his boots. That's when he begins to become under your feet. That's when he no longer dominates you. Because life eternal is already ours in Christ, but not all of us are experiencing it. We're experiencing it at different levels. What is that level? The awareness and the knowledge of the Word of God. The more knowledge I have, the more awareness I have of the Holy Spirit, and I can use a sanctified imagination to walk and operate as if Jesus is... Listen, he said it, it, that the Comforter is the same. He uses the word alos. He doesn't use the word heteros. Heteros means same but different like a woman and a man. Or you could go on that. But anyway, alos means one of the very same kind or type. That means, he said, it's expedient that I go away. 
For if I do not go away, the Comforter will not come. Jesus knew that he wasn't trying to get you a ticket to heaven. He was trying to get heaven on the inside of you. You are a citizen of God right now. You are in the kingdom of God right now. All the rights of being a citizen of heaven are on the inside of you. Now, this world tries to tell you that you don't have those rights, and they begin to contest those rights in your... But I'm here to tell you, just as we saw tonight, greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Can we lift our hands and give praise? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There's an awakening. 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 Hello. 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 There's people that have given up on their call here tonight. They've given up on their call tonight. The Lord's reinvigorating you right now. He's putting the fire back. Fire back. Fire back. Hello? People saying, I'm too old. I'm too young. No, you're not. The Bible has all ages. Come on now. There's people that are giving up on dreams of going into business. The Lord's going to, Lord, that water's washing over that. Getting that dirt and grime that the enemy's tried to put on you. Cleaning you up. Those dreams that he talked about. Oh, I know exactly what you talked about. Those dreams that reside in there, they're just kind of, it's like they're in a little lounge, you know. They're just kind of lounging around drinking coffee and, you know, not really doing anything because you're not thinking about them. Because you let life beat the snot out of you, okay, if I can say that, and, and it, you, you don't dream anymore. There are people that are not dreaming anymore. Well, I'm telling you, there's not a greater dream factory than the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> and the Holy Spirit's going to reinvigorate those dreams. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. There's people thinking they're going to be alone. They're going to be alone. No, the Lord's going to reinvigorate that dream and desire. He's going to reinvigorate that. Amen. There's people that have been wanting to make changes in their career. The Lord's reinvigorating that. You think, oh, well, this economy, I don't know if I can do this. I don't. No, I'm telling you, when you got the river, when you got the Holy Spirit, you can do anything. Hallelujah. Just like you told Marvin, go out on the road during a pandemic. Hello. Well, I'm telling you, that's when God talks. You know, I can say as a pastor that any time that the checkbook was full, it just didn't seem like I'd get a word from God. But the minute I was right to write that last check, all of a sudden he starts telling me to do big things. It's as if he wanted me to get to that point where I had to believe only in him. I had no other resource. That's when he begins to talk. Amen? That's the God you and I serve, the greater one, because it's him that will get the glory, not anything else. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Well, we've got a bucket in the back. We want to give you an opportunity. If you want to bless uh, the Yoder's ministry, I want you to do so. We're going to bless them. We're going to take care of them these four weeks. But if you want to give something, I suggest that you see that handsome man back there, Jerry Wagner, 
and uh, he's got a bucket there. Just put it in there. 100% will go towards this ministry. How many believe that this ministry needs to be going more full force? Amen. And we're only on night one. So what do you think the Lord's going to do next Wednesday? Oh, I'm here to tell you. We had a time last year. We had a time last year. So don't miss these. Don't miss these. You shouldn't miss anyway, but don't miss these. Amen. Hello. Glory to God. I tell you, I don't know how to close this out. The Holy Ghost is on, is here. Amen. Glory to God. Well, I'll let you go. Now, listen, I want to remind you because Jeff doesn't want to go out there sweating, putting that tent up by himself. So if you can help with the tent, we need all the help. Many hands make light work. So if you can help with the tent, that would be a great blessing. And uh, praise God, you're dismissed in the name of Jesus. Amen.